Next on the Well of Sound, Lex and Dave. Welcome to the Well of Sound Holiday Special. <laughs> well, glad to be here. Thank you for so much for having me. I mean, it's only taken us 18 episodes to do like a proper podcast introduction, yeah, as opposed not... to just diving into someone's childhood that we've never met. I know. Now, now, now it comes out after we've been doing this for a while that if, if you start talking about people's childhoods and lives that are still alive... <laughs> They might have something to say about they it. They might have something to say <laughs> about just it. just two guys. The miracle of the internet. We're trying our best to get the facts straight. But, you know, we're telling some stories, too. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's a lot of fake news out there, people. One big reason why. So, this is a supplemental episode, mm-hmm. right? Last episode was Paul Williams. What an episode. I mean, I just get happy thinking about it. It's so great. <laughs> and then the episode coming up is Alan Toussaint. They're about every month now. Mm-hmm. Um trying trying to do our best we got a lot going on and we do this in our spare time and we managed to pull it together and it's basically a month of listening and research as we uh you know dive deep i think i think it started out more hey let's just let's just bring whatever we already know and then it became yeah. this wonderful thing where it's like actually let's let's figure out what's out there and yeah and and it challenged you know it'll be maybe it'll be an artist that you know a little bit more about or i know a little bit more about and then we'll just sort of see where the little threads lead us and that's the most fun part i mean that's that yeah i honestly think that one of the coolest things that's happened so far that was totally unexpected is that (laughs) we kind of have a well of sound universe (laughs) where these like players have have shown up over and over again that i mean you know before doing this i i I had no idea it's going to continue this time by the way yeah the web continues the web continues but one big reason i think for doing this episode is uh, i wanted to let everybody know because uh, it's not always apparent we don't we don't do like an info dump uh, at the end of every episode but we have uh the the top fives that we do individually collectively a top 10 um for each episode uh those playlists are available on Spotify, we compile them. And so it's a nice way after the episode is done to just immerse yourself a little bit more in the artist. I feel like we pick these songs because we they aren't necessarily, sometimes they are the hits, but not necessarily. Um, but they're a great way to get started. Our Thin Lizzy playlist, our Kiss playlist, our Paul Williams playlist. I mean, every single one of them. I like them. It's, it's a really fun thing to get to do. I mean, it's like having a mixtape that you can share with everyone. Yeah. And, and you know, there, there, there are pluses and minuses to the Spotify world. And I think that one of the things the Well of Sound is trying to do is take us a little bit beyond that to the out of print stuff and the, yeah. and the things that maybe aren't going to come up in the algorithm. But um, still, to be able to share like that is super fun. Yeah. And they're on Spotify. But if you listen to Apple Music or Amazon 
title or whatever, you know, recreate it, do your own and, and spread the word. I feel like that was the whole point of, of, of starting this thing is, is sharing, right? Absolutely. Um, so you can find those playlists, uh, in the show notes for, uh, every episode, or if you look on Spotify, uh, our profile is the well of sound. Also, we are on Instagram. That's another way to get if, tuned in. In with fact, that if you're not following us on Instagram, you're missing out because that's uh, I think Phil, that's like half the battle, if not most of the battle. It's so much fun, and I'll just say this up front: it's all uh, Lex Lex's genius for finding photographs and captioning, and um, it's really it. We're just having a blast, and occasionally you can rope in people that know that know the people involved, it, and it's it's always fun to interact with people who are actually listening to the show. But yeah, if you're yeah. Not, if you're not following the well of sound uh our at the well of sound on instagram yeah i was just double that's what i was doing right now i was double checking i was like what what actually is our handle because i have to search for it every time i want to see it yeah the other one more thing one more piece of business is that if you're poking around in the show notes and and looking for the link link to instagram is also in the show notes um but you know if you're if you haven't hit subscribe yet Hit subscribe while you're at it. Rate the podcast. <laughs> rate it. Rate, it, it write takes a review. Two seconds. I could do it while we're talking, but they won't accept it from me. And write a little review. These guys uh, know a lot about Paul Williams. You know, that's all you need to say. Yeah, basically. And and it and it is serious. Like we're we're all at the mercy of the almighty algorithm, and that will that will immediately broadcast it to more people. Yeah, just how it works. So if you do it, thanks. Really appreciate it. Uh, do you want to say anything about what we might be creating also yeah, on the web? We're, we're working on a website uh, and it should be ready uh, beginning of next year, sort of middle, maybe awesome. January, February. Uh, we've seen the original. It like, looks so cool. <laughs> the design is, is <laughs> so still we're the, not worthy. Still we're, yeah, it's, it's gonna, we're totally punching above our weight with this thing. So, but once that happens, I mean, it'll make us look yet again, more, much more legitimate than we actually are. But I think um, we'll be sure to blast that out in an actual in a, in a sort of a not just an interstitial episode but a real one and um i hope hopefully that'll be a way to integrate everything we're doing with yeah instagram and with the playlists and with of course with the podcasts and maybe uh, you know figure out ways to share and use these other services i don't know but it, it yeah it'll just keep growing i mean we'll figure out new yeah new ways totally well it wouldn't be a well of sound episode without a top five. Uh-huh. So, Dave, do you have a top five list? Well, today I'm going to share my top five favorite Christmas songs. And I'm going to do it in chronological order and give you a little background on each of them. And um, some of them are pretty well known. Some of them are less well known. But I think they're all worth our time. Uh, the first one is the, the what I consider to be the great... Although Elvis had recorded some, and you know, of course Sinatra had recorded great Christmas music, Bing Crosby, all that stuff. But yeah. when, when it comes to sort of the the bleeding into uh, what we now consider uh, Christmas pop music, yeah, yeah, and you know that that without whom which there would be no Mariah Carey, right? Um, it's Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. You know, Darlene Love singing for Phil Spector, 1963, oh, end of 1963. Right. Phil Spector is on an absolute tear. He's he's sort of dominating everything. 
And uh, he writes this song, um, and he try, He wants his wife, uh, Ronnie Spector, to sing it, uh, Ronnie of the Ronettes, yeah. and she somehow just doesn't put enough into it. And so they grab Darlene Love, who was the lead singer of The Crystals and was also in Bobby's Socks and the Blue Jeans. Basically, everything that Phil Spector touched was really him with some with moving parts. Yeah. Um, and Christmas Baby, Please Come Home is the sole original song on um, A Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector, which is the, which is known as the great, the first great modern Christmas album. driving song right it's and it's wall of sound it's total wall of sound it's when and again when we say wall of sound what we mean is that all the instruments are he's trying to make them sound as one large instrument and stacking them on top of each other and recording it in such a way that everything bleeds into the other microphones and with a ton of echo um it's written by ellie greenwich and jeff barry now this is a couple who um, they were also, I mean, they wrote a lot of Phil Spector's hits. And Phil Spector's got writing credits on there. And those always, he kind of tweaks the songs. That's what I understand. Yeah. Is kind of to make some, just take them quite over the top. But Ellie and Jeff, uh, Greenwich and Barry really yeah, wrote yeah. it. Now they went on to write, you know, Dadu Ron Ron, that was another Spector hit. Yep. Leader of the Pack, which was not a spe- was Shadow Rum, Morton. Rum. Amazing song. Um, uh, Jeff Barry. Why do I know that name? Because he wrote, wrote and produced a single by Paul Williams called One More Angel. Oh my God! Yeah, I knew it. 1975 or so. Later on. We didn't mention it in the Paul Williams episode. I mean. So happy about this. This is so, in the one of the background singers on that, on, on that, uh, on the original recording of Christmas Baby yeah. Please Come Home. Cher. Whoa! Yeah, I mean Brian Wilson tried to play piano on those sessions and was dismissed because oh, he, really? he apparently is not he's not a good enough piano player okay. for Spectre. Yeah, um, and uh, you know other things like I think Jeff Barry. One of the things after he and Greenwich um, broke up, uh-huh. and uh, like the last thing they did with Spectre was two, well, two things actually was I Can Hear Music in 1966 for the Ronettes, which is a one-off single, which didn't really go anywhere for the Ronettes, but it was the Beach Boys' comeback single in 1969. Yeah. Or a six, yeah, 1969 off 2020. It's amazing. It's the right. first time Carl Wilson was producing. Yes. And I associate that song much more with the Beach Boys than yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Ronettes. But they also, one of the last songs they wrote with is River Deep Mountain High. Oh, awesome. Which is, you know, Tina Turner's great song. Yep. That, you know, the, the airwaves as we recounted in that episode, they used to really screw Spectron, which drove him into kind of a nervous breakdown territory. Right. right. The only other thing I'll mention about this amazing song, and it's been covered a gazillion times, and she performed it on Letterman, I think, every year. And yeah. like it, it was a big deal. Um, Jeff Barry uh-huh. 
after he and Greenwich uh, Ellie um, got divorced, uh-huh. one of his first projects was uh, he launched the Archies. Sugar, sugar. Yeah, yeah, da, yeah. Da, 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 yeah. Uh, honey. That sort of cartoon band. Uh-huh. And um, he, uh, both of them, when they were breaking up, one of the things they, they that kept them together is that they uh, had discovered a young songwriter named Neil Diamond. Uh-huh. And Jeff Barry was the one who brought Neil Diamond's songs to the Monkees. Wow. So the reason I'm a believer was recorded by the Monkees is because of Jeff Barry, who was a couple years out from doing Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. Well, I know Darlene Love as Roger Murtaugh's wife in Lethal Weapon. Oh my gosh, of course. <laughs> that's where I first was like, I think she's famous for another reason. <laughs> well, that's the number one. I'm probably going on too long. The second, my second favorite Christmas song and um, is... Uh, is by Big Star, who yeah. sort of been circling around and wanting to talk about their final record, which is really kind of a uh, Alex Chilton. Um, you know, they're they're one of these great tragic stories. Was Chris Bell still alive? Chris then? Bell was still alive, but not in the band. They were recording okay. third, third, right? And yeah. um, now Bell is a fascinating character, and we can. I'd love to record a Big Star episode at one point. Sure, very, I am the Cosmos is a great album he's a very neurotic dude and actually on those early records there's some stuff that could be sounds like kind of very religious christian rock almost. Uh-huh. like um and it's a when you listen to it again you're like wait what's going on here it does sound like sort of that thing yeah but then uh chilton was uninterested in that entirely he was right. this kind of you know uh i don't know malcontent but on their last record yeah which never came out that okay all right great he puts a song called jesus christ on there I know that song. You know the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. This is it. Angels from the realms of glory Stars shone bright above Royal David City Was bathed I love that song. Amazing song. Yeah. Like you got the sense REM heard that and we're like, yeah. okay, this will do. Yep. Um, but he, every single line is ripped from a hymn. Huh. Yeah. Angels from the realms of glory is a, is a, a Scottish Protestant hymn from the 1830s. Right. Royal David city bathed in light and love. I mean, that's a great Christmas hymn. He didn't write any of the lyrics <laughs> or at least he just cut and pasted them, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. And it, again, it's, um, it starts the real recording of it starts with this really long kind of cacophonous discordant thing. And then it bursts into this like, you know, kind of joyous yeah. thing in the middle of uh, third, which is a really claustrophobic record. Yeah, yeah. It's got the song Holocaust on there. It's not like a happy time yeah. except for this song. And it's a curiosity. I don't know what, what if it was, I, you wonder, was he poking fun at Chris Bell? 
Huh. Uh, was he trying to write a real standard? It's been covered a ton. Oh, because this is Chilton driven. This is totally, Bell is, is all oh, Chilton. Oh, he's gone, right. Yeah, of course he said that. It's all Chilton. So I don't know if it's half serious. I don't know if it's completely earnest. Um, I know that the subject matter being this kind of, what sounds like a straight faced, almost him with really chiming guitars, uh, it kind of is in keeping with the really offbeat, like unpredictable tone of that record. Right. And so I would say it's my personal favorite rock song about uh, Jesus. Uh, but it's, it, I don't really know where it came from, where it's going. I love it. Yeah. I, I can't get enough. Every time it comes on, I'm happy. Yeah. But then the other, my other favorite religious rock song by a non-religious rock band is the band's Christmas Must Be Tonight. That's don't number not. three. Okay, this is 1975. So 1974 is a big star. Then 1975 is Christmas Would Be Tonight. Robbie Robertson, the band was not in good shape. He'd completely taken over because um, he sort of had to. Yeah. Um, and he writes, uh, he's a son. He has a son, his first son. And uh, he's, I guess that puts him in a Christmas frame of mind. Robbie Robertson is half Mohawk Indian, yeah. half Jewish yep. from uh, Montreal, I think, or from Canada somewhere. It's he's definitely the only rock star with that sort of pedigree that I'm sure. aware of, and he decides to write this song "Christmas Supposed to Be Tonight," which is straight out of the King James. I mean, it's uh, come down to the manger, uh, you know, shepherds, you know, over their flocks they bide. I mean, Rick Danko sings it, and it was supposed to be a big Christmas song in 1975, and they just pulled it for some reason. But this is it. Down to the manger See the little stranger Wrapped in swaddling Below the prince of peace The wheels start turning The torches start burning And we hold wise men Journey from the east Garth Hudson adds these incredible keyboards on there. Yeah, well, I, it sounded like there's a synthesizer or something going on underneath all of that. I heard the organ right there. Yeah, once the band was able to use like 24, even 64 tracks, which they were. I yeah. Think, I think that was recorded in Shangri-La, you know, that yeah. Ruben finally yeah. bought. But um, basically, the band would record, you know, seven tracks, and then Garth Hudson would put like... 30 tracks of keyboards and stuff on there. Wow. And that record, I love. It was meant, A Christmas of Be Tonight was meant for the record uh, uh, Northern Lights, Southern Cross, mm-hmm. but it it only came out on Islands, which is sort of their posthumous record. Mm-hmm. And, um, but this is the interesting thing, Lex. Robbie, um, he only ever re-recorded uh, one band song after he left the band, which he left in 1977 after mm-hmm. Last Waltz. And it was this one, and he re-recorded it twice. And one of the times he re-recorded it was for your favorite Christmas movie. I better be right. Scrooged? Scrooge! Oh! <laughs> I better be right. I better be right. It's on the soundtrack to Scrooged. 
I love that movie. Yeah, well, now you have another reason oh, to love that's it. That's fantastic. Now, what other rock stars in Scrooge? The Eurythmics show up. I think they do. Right? Um, but I'm thinking of a cab driver. I think it's Oh, David Johansson, yeah. baby. <laughs> David Johansson. So, oh, man. So, so you're ready for me to lead you into the next one? No, with that? please. I'm so excited. <laughs> Number four uh, is from 1977. It was never released. It's called Alone on Christmas Day, and it was recorded by the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys had a huge Christmas album, you know, Little St. Nick in 1964. Yeah. Big, 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 big hit. 1977, they've released Love You, and during the yeah. MIU sessions, which I were told is a, is a steaming pile of horseshit, basically, they were try to record another Christmas album. And uh, after, so after Love You, they submit a record called Adult Child right that brian is apparently recording and it, it includes the song life is for the living where he's debuting his quote-unquote new his, his new quote-unquote manly voice which is just scratchy and it, that <laughs> why life does is, brian make me laugh so hard well the very first line of life is for the living is like don't sit around on your ass smoking grass that stuff went out a long time ago life is for the living now brian wilson uh i don't know what you're talking about like it's a it's the wish thinking because Brian himself is like 300 pounds at this point and doing smoking a lot of something um, so they record a, an album yeah. called Merry Christmas from the Beach Boys yeah. which includes a version of uh, Seasons in the Sun the Jacques Brel Terry yeah. Jacks song uh, and it, record, it includes Winter Symphony one of my favorite songs I put okay, on our yeah, episode yeah. and includes a song alone on Christmas Day that Mike Love wrote uh -oh. and I hate the fact that it but it's true here you go when you find for some sad reason you're alone this Christmas season and the joys of home grow dimmer just like a memory's distant glimmer when your love and you are parted and all Christmas cheer departed it's sad I say when you're away from love on Christmas day whether cruising the lonely highway or jetting miles high through some skyway when you've reached your destination awaiting baggage at the station when you see some happy readers it can make you bitter sweeter but still for real it's sad to feel Pure candy, right? That is great. Okay, so by the way, the label rejects Adult Child. They then turn in Merry Christmas Why? from the Beach Boys, which they then they reject as well. Wow. So that's two <laughs> full records that the Beach Boys get sent back. They're like, no, thank you. And this song alone on Christmas Day is just lingering in the vaults. No, thank you. But, you know, bootleggers love it. And so in, 19, in 2015, our friend... Uh, from Scrooge, Bill Murray yeah. is making a Christmas special for Netflix. That's right. And uh, the band uh, Phoenix 
he invites the band Phoenix on yeah. to, and they said, well, only come on. We, what we'd really like to do is cover the song Alone on Christmas Day by the Beach Boys. Wow. So they get permission from Mike Love, who obviously, who uses it as a chance to cash in himself and re-release <laughs> a, a le- much I've less I've come around on Mike Love, by the way. I just, I love how hard he tries. I, I, <laughs> he cashes It's endearing. It However, the version that's in, uh, in the Bill Murray Christmas special has uh, Jason Schwartzman singing on it as well yeah. as um, uh, Paul Schaefer uh-huh. and the third person singing back up. That's right. David Johansson from the New yes. York Dolls. Buster Poindexter. Buster Poindexter. So that's number uh, uh, four. Number five is The Decree by Art Garfunkel and Jimmy Webb. Wow. So Garfunkel is in the mid 80s. He's passed, you know, he's not doing right. much. Uh, Jimmy Webb, who I, we think so highly of, yeah. and is but the guy behind all of Glenn Campbell's great hits, or at least most of them. In 1986, neither of them are doing very much. And Jimmy somehow decides to write a cantata for his church in Tuxedo, New York. And uh, Jimmy and um, Art are good friends. They'd done All I Know together, and they'd done um, they'd done the whole Watermark album. Anyway, uh, Garfunkel hears about it, and he shows it to him, and he decides he's super interested in it because it's not commercial, and he's very down on the music business at this point. Mm-hmm. And so he goes up, and he watches Jimmy... Uh, rehearsed this thing in tuxedo and he decides he wants to get involved and so by the next year 1985 I think it is Jimmy has doubled its length written Art Garfunkel as the Angel Gabriel which works I mean what a voice totally works they go back to London and record it with the London Symphony Orchestra with Jeff Emmerich from the Beatles engineering it he then goes to Nashville to get Amy Grant who's in like prime lead me on Amy Grant form they release it in 1986 no one has any idea what to do with it because it's too classical right. for pop and it's too sacred for sort of secular right. music. It's a cantata for crying out loud, but it's written by Jimmy Webb and it, Art Garfunkel, you know, who's another Jewish guy. Yeah. And like uh, none of these people are known outside of Amy Grant for making anything right. remotely religious. Yeah. And so here you have is The Decree. I, I, this My favorite song is all sung by Garfunkel. It's called The Decree and it's, it's, a, it's basically a straight reading from Luke, but here you go. Said to Joseph alone, Do not be afraid to make Mary your own, but go to your betrothed and then be married. A child is heaven Caesar Augustus that all the world would be taxed and each went to be taxed to his own city so Joseph also went with his lady innocent Slave you. 
Like I've mentioned this now on social media, this particular yeah. album, and it turns out it's like a cult favorite of a lot of people. It's but, it's beautiful. I mean, it's it's, it's Garfunkel gets like thrown under the bus with like John Oates and yeah. stuff all the time, but I mean, his voice is tremendous. Which leads me to the last thing yeah. I'll mention, and it's probably uh, this. It's um, I don't know as much about it, but I think it's maybe um, it always comes through my mind every Christmas, and that's. Uh-huh. that's that's the Ramones, 1989, Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight, in parentheses, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight, uh, which has Joey Ramone wrote, it's mm-hmm. uh, Dee Dee's last record with the band, mm-hmm. Brain Drain, it's also got the Pet Cemetery song. I love that I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery, it's got I Believe in Miracles so much. on that record, and then it's got Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight, you know, it says, where is Rudolph, where is Blitzen, baby, Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Now, Joey Ramone's all-time favorite singer is um is to bring it full circle is ronnie specter yeah i could see that of so and ronnie uh sings on joey's last uh joey's last oh, yeah. uh, record and so it's his sort of tribute to christmas baby please come home yeah. including the parenthetical and they had this ridiculous video for it um where there's like a couple that's fighting and i think the girlfriend is played by maggie wheeler who was in friends and it was one of the girlfriends in seinfeld okay and she's they start fighting she's like we were supposed to visit my parents in mineola and then like there's a rabbi that joins in and soon everyone's fighting and the ramones like burst Burst through the door and they're singing merry christmas i don't want to fight tonight and it's uh it's just a glorious christmas song i'll stop i'll shut up now that was well prepared <laughs> a little academic well fantastic i'm I, I can't wait to to listen to this playlist which will of course be up on spotify and it made me remember we did a christmas playlist uh last year we did yeah um you don't I, it, say. it was it was all the um the artists we had done up to that point what we are calling season one uh, it was called well it's christmas <laughs> Um, all right, so what I'm going to do is more of a year in review approach because I, I don't have the uh, breadth of, of Christmas song knowledge that, that you do. Um, but I found some pretty cool stuff this year that I was, I was really pleased with. Um, and I'll start with a song that, uh, you know, basically any song that is going to remind me of, the, of Disney's Robin Hood uh, with the foxes and anything like that, uh, I'm I am in. Little John and Robin Hood are running through the forest. Is that uh, is that uh, what's his name? Roger Williams. Yep. Oodalali oh. oodalali galley what a day. But this song has uh, uh, a laugh in it that is so infectious and just it. I could see an animated a, a '70s Disney animated character being the 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 character in it, but um. It's called uh, Okalona River Bottom Band. Do you know what that is? That's the first track on the second album, Delta Suite by Bobby Gentry. Her story, I mean, it, it maybe is, is one we need to, to get into because um, obviously uh, Ode to Billy Joe is, is the song that everybody knows um, and her voice is, is incredible. Um, but this second album, it's a masterpiece. She sang with Glenn a bunch. Yeah. And actually, I think that album is the only thing to kind of get close to the success of Ode to Billy Joe. Yeah. Otherwise, her career just kind of didn't hit that that high mark again. And by 1978... Uh, Fancy. I like that song, Fancy. Yeah. 
She walked away from she everything. She walked away in She's 1978. Like, at age 36, she lives in Memphis. Just she was writing everything. She was amazing. Everything. Playing all the instruments, the whole deal. But this album, it is a masterpiece. Um, and it's about her childhood. But anyway, Oklahoma River Bottom Band. Let me play it. La, 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 la. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Stand local gentry Have a meeting in Chickasaw land They all come to judge each and every entry That wants to try out for the Oklahoma band All the way from Kosciuszko Up from the Luxy Shore All in all is not a half-grown man Who wouldn't like to be in the Bottom thing. <laughs> la 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 la. And I'm telling you, listen to the whole rest of the album. It's great. Okay, so next one is... Can we, can we we ha- I have to make the connection, though, to the River Bottom Nightmare Band from Emin Otter. Right? I wonder if he was riffing off of... Off must have of, been. He must have been riffing off of... It. Paul Williams was in the Jim Henson production was riffing Gotta off be. of... Gotta be. Yeah. I mean, he was... Alice Cooper and Bobby Gentry. Yeah. Like, with puppets and just... There you go. Right. The timing would have been right. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> All right. So the next one is uh, about a guy named Bill Wilson. Do you know who that is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're about to play, and it's one of the greatest songs ever. So I only discovered this this year, and I ha- it's been on, a, on repeat. Um, Bill Wilson was living in Austin, I think, ab- around 1971, 1972, cutting a path for himself. Uh, he made some demo tapes, and he went to Nashville and knocked on the door of Bob Johnston, who produced Blonde on Blonde and Highway 61 Revisited. And I think some of the early Leonard Cohen stuff. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and basically said, Mr. Johnston, will you listen to my, my demos? Mm. And Johnston said, it doesn't work like this. And, and, and Wilson basically said, please, just one song. And, uh, and Johnston said, okay, one song listens to one song, turns around, picks up the phone, calls every session musician that he thought was appropriate, and that night they record this album called Ever-Changing Minstrel, and on it is the song I'm about to play called Payday Giveaway. Pool hall, quarter a ball, pick your stick hanging on the wall, aim slow, shoot it low, Fall for it all when you never know There's a plan It won't roll straight Scratch of a match And your easy pace for a cue Shark shooting his mark To a payday giveaway in the dark Lucy and your man's a bad rambling What will he be bringing home to you? All the ways that sing of a whiskey wine 
Do you know who played on that album? No, but I know a better song does not really exist than that song. <laughs> I think Jerry Reed was one of the guys. I mean, the, that the, night. The Jerry Reed? If the legend holds true, that night, what a night for music. I mean, it's uh, that was on this... Uh, the only way I know about that song is because of uh, Light in the Attic did a uh, compilation called Country Funk. Yeah. And, uh, Which you turned me on to, and it's got and a bunch of other greatness on it. It basically just turns out... All I've been looking for my whole life is country <laughs> funk. Heads, hands, and feet. You know where I'm going with this? T- talk to me. Talk to me. So a, a, a handful of times we've we've talked about bands that are backing bands that are so tight. Um, I think we're gonna we're actually we're gonna get into it with the Alan Toussaint episode. We're gonna talk about the meters, um, but we've talked about we're gonna talk about the band, um, but we've talked about the Swampers and uh, one of these bands is called Heads, Hands, and Feet. Um, and they had a, a short-lived uh, uh, burst onto the scene in the early 70s, but they're British. Mm-hmm. Um, and they backed a couple soul acts uh, uh, back then, but they put out an album called Tracks. Most of the songs on Tracks are, are pretty tremendous, but one in particular plays like an advertisement for uh, uh, Jack Daniels. The chorus is just reading the, the bottle label. You shared the song with me. It's a, it's a fantastic song. I don't think I knew the label well enough to know that that's what they, that's we that's what they were singing. Now you'll find up on band but i also love there's a little bit of like ronnie woods Mm. in there you can you can kind of hear his flavor in there um i just love it fantastic song gosh Uh, hands and feet i'm not sure i would put it up there with the greatest band names no (laughs) in fact i put it put it towards the bottom of the list i think there they rank pretty low with another band i found this this year that i really enjoyed called eggs over easy yeah i've I like them too, and they're they, really their, their sound is very similar. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's like the guys—they just like went one notch too far on the sort of homespun thing. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> Didn't. <laughs> They've got over-ease. a great song called "Face Down in a Meadow." You realize the band really made a huge mark because they totally it spawned all these. If you can find basically the, the the people in the late '60s, early '70s who were who were influenced by music from Big Pink, all of it's great. Yeah, that's a, that's a worthwhile playlist right it's there. Great, yeah, but the knockoffs. Yeah, the knockoffs. Exactly. Here's some territory we have not headed into. Yes. Ooh. So I almost talked about John Anderson's Three Ships uh, Christmas record. Really? But um, I haven't had it. Uh, yeah, one of our uh, listeners, Brent White, told us about okay. told me about it, and it's out of print, and yet it's a huge, huge standard. I in guess, the UK, in like the UK, and in. Uh, even in uh, maybe Japan. So John Anderson started yes with Chris Squire, who is the bass player, um, and also uh, one of the lyricists. In 1974, they were on hiatus because they all s- decided they were going to pursue solo albums. Um, and one like Kiss, 
<laughs> Can I bring it back to Kiss somehow? You better believe it. <laughs> in this case, I don't think it was because they couldn't stand each other anymore and didn't want to do an album together, but we're rather capitalizing on, on some success. But Chris Squire puts out an album called Fish Out of Water. And the song I want to play is called You By My Side. And it's got, it's got everything <laughs> I love about Yes and all this stuff that I, I find hard to handle is, is gone. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, it's because it's pretty straightforward and vocal focused as, a, as, a, as opposed to, to jammy and, and proggy. Um, but anyway, here it is. but Whoa. I just love his voice. No, that's fantastic. I love that. Like, I love that. I, I Listen to it loud. It's, it's, it's again, I, I, one of my favorite Yes albums is the first album. Hmm. That song, uh, Sweetness. Do there's still a little song? bit more. I know nothing about this, but there's still a little Start more Start with the first album, based. honestly. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't get into fragile territory. A wall goes up eventually with Prague and me. <laughs> me too. That's why I've always basically not known anything about Yes. I have yeah. a feeling there's like sections I would... There love. are. Yeah. There are. Um, and I think... That's how Chris, I feel about Chris, Genesis. There's yeah, like exactly. one section in, in, in a lot of those long songs that I just love. But yeah. And I you can listen to over, over the, the, yeah. the sweetness. So my last song, Skin Tight Skin by Susie Quattro. Ooh. Off the first album. Do you know that song? No, I don't. It is so catchy and also just like the perfect glam era song. It's got attitude. It's not too sweet, but it's super catchy. And I want to know more about her backing band who, who are prominently featured on that that cover of that first album, if you know it, that black and white cover. In the videos. The yeah. videos of that era are fantastic. Yeah, the guy who's like... Chugging uh, a beer. Chugging a beer. Yeah. Um, Those are some great covers, man. Truly. Here we go. Because people are talking, don't you believe it? 
that great? Man, she just had such uh, the perfect kind of. Well, you said the word attitude, but it, it um, you know, it's 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 not just leather Tuscadero. It's it's Susie Quattro. You know, it it. No, she's got the stuff. She's got it. Man. She's not just you know propped up by by a. Um, producer or you know a manager like so many of those glam acts yeah. could c- could be at mud. times yeah. <laughs> i like mud Even exactly the suite, i think in the early days were sort of like that they were like that but they eventually chapter. came into their own um and had the stuff um but yeah i i that that came out of i, I guess uh the fanny episode digging into her stuff i i, I feel awesome. like i got deeper with i feel like we found some i mean this is a wonderful mix of stuff um yeah, the, actually the only song i knew from Susie quattro was stumbling in which is uh a yep. duet with the guy from smoky Ooh. With Smokies are one of the things people don't know this. Uh, why would they? And why would they even care? Why would they even care? But uh, Smokey was one of the reasons we started this podcast in the first place. That's the, true. The Scottish soft rock band Smokey, <laughs> because we just both realized that there was a lot of great music out there by people named like Smokey that needed to. That we just had a, a com- compelled to share and pontificate. <laughs> yeah, because normally when you say, "Hey, have you heard of Smokey?" people say no and walk away. <laughs> Um, how should we end it? One favorite moment from uh, the podcast so far? Can you think of anything? Yeah, I mean, I think when you pulled out Wild Situation by Dennis Wilson as your favorite, one of your favorite Beach Boys songs. Of all the songs to pick, I was, I still, I still am, fla- I, I laugh thinking about it, but I'm still flabbergasted uh, by that choice, and I, I salute it. Oh, man. But I just can't I get still over can't, and the look on your face was hilarious. <laughs> That also was my favorite moment. So clearly we should be doing a podcast together. Uh, Yeah, totally. Um, Gosh, what can we send it out on? This is it. I'm ready for it. Do it. Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight with... I don't wanna fight tonight. Merry Christmas, I don't wanna fight tonight. Merry Christmas, I don't wanna fight tonight. I'll wear a set and slip and tell the wives it always is with. Where is Rudolph? Where is Blizzard, baby? Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. All the children are tucked in their beds. Sugar and fairies dancing in their heads. Stop all fighting. So it's time, Always be this way